Happy Friday. It's Texans All Access here inside the building, like the man said, NRG Stadium, the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you tonight. Drew Doherty's going to join us in just a little bit. And Johnny, the Vandermock is out on HoustonTexans.com. It so is. I'm ready to get ripped on my selections by okay. you, the guru, with the Harris 100 set to be released uh, next week, I guess. But here we go. It's the Vandermock. And before people wonder what this is, it's seven rounds of Texan selections. I make all the picks for them, so they don't have to do any of the work. <laughs> it's all done. And I wrote that, yeah, Brian Gain, I tried to catch up with him in the hallway to give him my selections, but for some reason he started running when he saw me coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, let's just get into it. Round one. Well, go on. Well, here's my – let me give you a 35,000-foot right, 30, view. Yeah. <laughs> if this – let's just say this happened. The, exactly the way it's laid the out. Exact way that this thing is laid out. If this happened, well, I'm dying to hear this. I would hug you. Really? Yes. You would say this is a pretty good draft if yes. you could get all these players. Because I got a feeling I'm I'm taking a couple of guys where they might not be available. You're taking some liberties. <laughs> it's with like, some of those like round seven. <laughs> round seven. Kyler Murray. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? He's, so he dropped for some. Yeah. If Kyler Murray drops to the seventh round, he's either in a baseball uniform or maybe no longer with us in yeah. the bad sense. I, I'm not so I sure. I think that. I think that if you end up with this this draft, I would be bravo. Now, let's get into it. Round one. Round one. I'm going to go cornerback here. Okay. And the reason is corner is a position, in my opinion. I mean, if, how is it not a position of need right now, especially where we are in February prior to free agency? Who have they re-signed or signed? I don't know. I know I need corners. I know that it was a – an injury-filled position last year. There I am, the ultimate example against Philadelphia, second to last week of the season. i got to have this game to get a bye, and I've got every corner hurt virtually, right? Yep, pretty I've much. got Aaron Colvin, right? Hurt or healthy scratch or whatever he was that day. No, I think Aaron actually had to go in the game that day. Okay, whatever. He had to go back in that game, but but that was because you lost Kareem Jackson. I got Kayvon Webster coming back, finally ready to contribute, he and then hurt. he gets hurt. Yeah. I got Kareem Jackson out. I got J. Joe leaving the game. Now, he came back late in the game, right. but I'm thinking that since he was exiting in the first place, he probably wasn't 100%. Hey, all of a sudden, I'm 100% right. here deep in the fourth quarter when I'm going to come back into the game because we're desperate. They were decimated. I need a corner. I'm picking Greedy Williams from LSU. He's tall. His name is Greedy. Greedy. I love this. Yep. Not that I only pick based on name, Johnny, but as a play-by-play man, if I'm in charge of the draft, the name Greedy stands out to me. As, as I'm talking, I want you to pull up his actual real name. I think his real name is actually kind of cool, especially the way that he spells okay, it. Okay, Greedy Williams' but real name. I, I, it's interesting because you told me this yesterday about Greedy Williams as the first pick, and there are a lot of people that would say, whoa, 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 that's way too late. He's not making it to 23. I've seen a few more you know, a few more of the analysts that don't have him in the top 10 to 12 where I originally right. thought he would go. I think in the Harris 100, he's somewhere in the top 15. So I do think there's a possibility that he gets to 23, and I would like that because one of the things that I like about Greedy is the fact that he'll cover without the clutch to hold, the grab, the tug. That's one of the That's things big. that I, I try and look for as best I possibly can with these corners coming to the NFL. Because I at the Senior Bowl – I mean, dudes were just getting dist- – receivers couldn't even run a route because 
the the corners are just grabbing and clutching, holding. I thought, hey, they got to let go. Don't they have officials? Well, not during practice. Not during. They the, should. No, during the game. Shouldn't they? I'm trying to remember if this is a little warning. Hey, they you don't can't have do their that practice that league. I can remember. Yeah, but that that's something that they throughout the week the the. In this case, it was the 49ers and the Raiders. They try to, hey, look, you got to get your hands off. It's going to be a penalty. So they're they're constantly reminding them. And then it gets to be too much. They just make a playoff coverage the whole time. Oh. And that's a really good test uh, when they do that. But I think greedy round one, I know people say, wait a second. You didn't take a tackle. You're wrong. I mean, immediately, that would have been the reaction. But I'm with you. Watching that game in Philadelphia, watching the Colts, seeing what T.Y. Hilton does, all the different weapons the Colts can throw at you, and the Colts are going to add some more. Deion Kane's coming. He was one of Deshaun's receivers at Clemson. He's coming. He's going to be a factor coming oh, off an ACL tear, and they're probably going to draft another one. So you're going to have to tangle with them. You're going to have to tangle with Corey Davis from Tennessee. I think you going corner here, to me, I don't have any problem with it. I think, to me, it's corner, it's tackle, one of those two ends up being what you do in the first, depending on what you do in free agency. Right. If for some reason you go out and sign three corners, yeah, okay, then maybe it's likely it's, to be a tackle. But you don't right. want to take a tackle in the wrong spot either. Maybe, Absolutely. Maybe even drop down. Maybe you move up. Absolutely. And the other thing about Greedy falling to 23, Whitney Merciless at one point, where was Whitney targeted to go? Top 10, top 15 in some mocks. I mean, in I went some, back and looked. Yeah. In some. And he dropped to 26 in 2012. Things can happen like this all the time. So I'm going to go ahead and take Greedy Williams. And I, I don't know what's going to happen with Kevin Johnson, Jonathan Joseph, yeah, Kareem, know. obviously uh, safety or maybe not even here, whatever the case may be. So there it is. If I said to you, mm-hmm. going into the 2019 season, if I said to you, who is guaranteed to be a member of the cornerback room I know the cornerbacks and safeties work together, but if I said, who's guaranteed to be a member of the 2019 cornerback room, who would you tell me? In tw- in this-, this year. Who would you tell me is guaranteed? I, your silence There's, says yeah, it all. Right. My silence says it all. I can't guarantee anybody. I could say Colvin's under contract, so why not? But a healthy scratch at the end of the year leads yeah. me to believe, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Kevin Johnson, I don't know what's going to happen with him, cutting right. off the injuries, and concussion is a is – a different kind of thing than it's, any other injury, exactly. as we all know. Exactly. You know, Jonathan Joseph is 100 years old. No, Jonathan Joseph can still play. I think he can, too. He I can mean, that game play. against Philadelphia, I thought he was playing very, very well, make some plays until he ended up getting dinged up. I think one of the best stories of the entire year would have been if J.J. would have made a play on that final drive after going back in the game. Yeah. It was one of the, the timeout. Ooh, After that been good. the timeout, oh, God, I can't even get into this because I remember seeing Zach Cunningham put on a different helmet so he could have the coach comp system so Rack could talk to him. I remember J. Joe having to put his shoes back on to go back out. Like he was putting his shoes on. Like they basically put him all back together for that final drive. And was he it's, all over all Sean Jeffrey? Yes. Draped on him, and Jeffrey, and Jeffrey comes down with that ball. And then three and weeks later, Jeffrey drops the one against the Saints. I mean, unbelievable. Oh. Okay, Anyhow. round two, I'm going to go with the tackle. Cody Ford from Oklahoma, maybe the best line in college football, according to some. I don't know how you feel about that. He's 6'4", 330. You think he's a guard. A lot of people have him listed as a tackle. He's got he's got the motor though, Johnny. He's he's one of those passionate players on the O line. I like yeah. this a lot. He's not the one, one of these timid guys that you got to sort of coach into it. He's ready to rock. He wants to knock people over. I like having him. If he turns into a guard eventually, all right. So what? Make him a guard. I think he could play either. What do you think? 
I I actually have got him in the Harris 100 at it as a tackle. I think his skill set is probably suited for guard. First of all, I don't think we're going to get him at pick 53. I don't. I, he might 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 fall to the second round. He's falling because I decreed it. But I don't think he's going to get much past. I don't think he lasts that far. That's that's the biggest thing. That's what makes this. You draft get Cody so hard. Ford though, mm. in the second round. Like, I don't care whether you're thinking tackle or guard. That's best available re- lineman, and you deal with it. All right, you feel good point. about that. But I feel good about Cody Ford. I just don't. I don't feel good about getting him to round two. All right, second All right, it's, pick it's round the two. Vandermock on, on HoustonTexans.com. So check it out. Now, my third pick is a, another second rounder. Trayvon Mullen from Clemson, who had a big national championship game against Bama, a pick, a forced fumble. He had a sack. And look, he went to Clemson, right? So I don't I would make my whole <laughs> so draft Clemson ass. players. I mean, Palmetto State draft, I'm all about it. I think the guys here will love it. And I need another corner. I'm stockpiling at this particular position. And you said it. If you sign three, four corners in free agency, it changes your thinking. But I'm fine taking two in the first three picks, especially if they're these guys. No doubt. Trayvon Mullins, he's the exact height, weight, speed kind of guy. I'm excited and intrigued to see what he runs at the Combine. But I, without question, I, I love this pick. You get guys like Trayvon Mullins, you get Greedy Williams, guys that can run and be physical, that can do a lot of different things. Bravo... Bravo. Good. Okay. This, this is oh, – Wait, is he there is, late in the second round? I think this is Mullen? about where he goes. Okay, good. I think this is about where right, he the goes. The upset pick of my Vandermont okay. draft is coming up. I have, a, I have a little beef with you, and I think that number four may have a little beef with you too. Okay. But number four will have a beef with me? He's not going to like this one? All right, here it is. It's early for this guy, maybe, but I think the way he's going to play in the NFL, it's not early. I don't have a fourth-round pick. I got to take him here. Bill, Bill Belichick is a lock to take him if I don't. It's Andy Isabella from UMass, wide receiver. And here is the outcry from the fans. Wide receiver, what are you talking about? We've got receivers. We need another tackle. We need this. We need that. Listen, Andy Isabella is going to make somebody very happy. Get, get ready to be upset again, fans. He's only 5'8". What? What are you doing to be a 5'8 receiver? And a slot guy. We have Kiki QT. Look, luxury problem. Give me both those guys. Let Tim Kelly and Bill O'Brien figure it out. Isabella can run every route. He's going to be a big-time NFL player, in my opinion. Why would you not pick, Mm -hmm. if you're going to do this, why would you not pick a guy that Deshaun Watson is very comfortable throwing the ball to? Oh, wait. Hunter Renfro. I almost took Hunter Renfro. I'm telling you, Mark, if Hunter Renfro – just put on street clothes. Just put on his business casual you would and walked our offices. Intern. You would have no idea. Yeah, but that's what Wes Walker no looked like walking I, around I know. here. I know. <laughs> he <laughs> I know. did. I know. I, here's, here's what I would propose. Yeah. Here's what I would propose. I do think that Isabella, I did not put him in the 100, and I, I battled with him. I went kind of back and forth, uh, and I battled with him. And the, and the one thing that I struggled with about Isabella was catching the football consistently. Because there's one thing that Kiki QT does, and that was the other thing. I looked at Isabella and I looked at QT and I kind of compared the two and I went, you know, Kiki went at pick 103. Mm. I think that's what it was in the fourth round. I was like, I can't make a case for Isabella being a little bit smaller yep. with not as good a hands as Kiki going mm. in the top 100. Mm. But if you're going to do this, take your boy Hunter Redfro. Take, take Redfro. Take, take the shot's boy it. Hunter Redfro if you're going to do it. I would have made you so proud, too. I'm really upset that so, I didn't do it. Here's what I want you to do. Go I to think round. I got swayed by the UMass thing, Johnny. No, I and don't. here's the other thing. 
If they take Isabella, that's because Mark Whipple, former coach at UMass, now he's at Pitt. <laughs> they know these guys well. You know him. Like, he loves Isabella. I think is, – am I right? Isabella's getting drafted in the fourth oh, round, there, right? There's no doubt. There's no – Andy Isabella's a play – you talk about quick and explosive. Yep. The one thing about Hunter Renfro, like I said, he, like his measurements do not speak NFL player except for one. His speed, he's fast. Right. He is very fast. He was fast. 150 pounds as a walk-on. He is – extremely fast. Yeah. And I saw at the senior bowl, he was roasting guys. He catches everything. I, so here's what I'm going to here's what I here's okay. what I would do. <laughs> I would there's no round this 4 already pick published by the way, but go on. I, <laughs> I would trade your round 5 pick yeah in the round 3 pick. So what I would do is I would take David Montgomery, the running back from Iowa State. Oh. Who you taking round 5? I don't think you're giving him in round 5. Maybe. But I would take him in round 3. At yeah. the back end of round three. Guess what? I had him in round three, but I thought it was too early and for And then him. take Renfro in round five. I thought Montgomery was too early. I actually I had Isabella Montgomery. in round five, but I said there's no way he lasts. I want to grab him in round three, and I thought maybe Montgomery falls. We'll talk about Montgomery and do the rest of the picks in the Vandermock, which is on HoustonTexans.com. And also coming up later, who is the most well-liked former Texans quarterback? Hmm. Think about it. It's Texans Radio. We've added a new band member for this segment. It's Drew Doherty here on Texans Radio. Drew, how are you? I'm great. Good to see you. All right, so the Vandermark is out, yeah. and you didn't weigh in on anything early. But I, l- uh, I love it if Greedy Williams falls to the Texans. Yeah, I know just you- so you know, it's on HoustonTexans.com. I've got Greedy Williams, Cody Ford in round two is the tackle that they take first here. Trayvon Mullen, the corner from Clemson, also in the second round. Round three, Andy Isabella from UMass, the wide receiver. And round five, David Montgomery. We'll talk more about him. But you think, Greedy, it's a possibility, right? It's not out of the realm of possibility. I think it'd be a stretch. but That he falls? Yeah, that'd be a stretch. But, yeah, wilder things have happened. The other thing, the the next two guys that you had, Ford and Mullen, they've both been mocked to the Texans in the first round. In the first round. A lot of mock drafts. So if that were to happen, that's like a dream scenario. You get two stud corners and somebody to help protect hey, Deshaun. Where was Justin Reed mocked to last year? He showed up in the first round of a few mocks. At the beginning, yeah. a little bit, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. A little bit. And then he, I think he ran like a four four eight or something like that at the Combine. But he was... I had him, I think, at forty four, forty five. Okay, on the on the Harris 100. So, so I thought he was going to go... I thought he was going to go in the middle of the late second. That's where I thought. So when he came to us at 65 or 68, I was like, whoa. How'd, how'd this happen? Happy birthday to Justin Reed, by the yeah. way. Oh, there very you go. cool. Yeah. Happy birthday, Justin Reed. Yeah, I mean, if you had to redraft last year, Reed might pop into the first round, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh heck yeah! If you redrafted yeah. it, I mean, he's one of the. I, some people, you know, say Jesse Bates from Cincinnati, and Jesse Bates had a good year. Um, but I had those two ranked pretty pretty similarly. I had mm-hmm. I had Bates a few spots actually behind Reed in the Harris 100, and then Bates ended up being drafted a little bit higher. The one guy that I thought, and I remember we were sitting here on draft night, and Derwin James get – I mean, I saw Derwin James. I was like, man, the Chargers are sitting there. I was like, here it is. And as soon as they drafted him, I thought, you got Bosa, you got Ingram. You now add Derwin James. This is going to be one hell of a And we got to see them this Ooh. year mm-hmm. in L.A. Yeah. All right, here we go. All right, round five, David Montgomery running back Iowa State. And I said that Iowa State turned into something this year, right? You yeah, know? last I mean, year, yeah. You got Sage Rosenfels and <laughs> and J.J. Moses, and they're able to brag about their alma mater. When was the last yeah. time that happened? It's well, in large part because – well, not in large part – Iowa State's got some players, and in fact, they've got two of them, and I, I actually wouldn't be opposed to either one. One's Akeem Butler, 
who played his high school ball actually out at Travis High School in on the west side, Fort Bend ISD. He is related to the Harrison twins. If you remember them, played at yeah. Kentucky, mm-hmm. played basketball. He's a heck of a player. Travis he's High School. He's about 6'4", 220. But then their running back, David Montgomery, is just a little – he's pocket dynamite. I mean, he is this 5'9", like 215 pounds, and he bounces off people. Like I have not seen a running back that just bounces off more people and fights through tackles more than this guy. I, if we get him in the fifth round – I will dance on this table, Mark Vandermeer. Okay. I will dance on this You're table. Right? Talk about I love him. him. You talk about him bouncing off tackles. He's pretty shifty, too, oh, right? there's no he's doubt. He's the guy that had that cut on that safety yeah, that, that's been going around Twitter this Yeah, week. that's been going I mean, on that's... Twitter. He's got I, – I think he's got everything you're looking for. I think he's tough. I don't think he's got top-end speed, and he's got huge speed, but I, I don't know that I really care too much about that. He's tough. He'll hit you in the mouth. He is very difficult to bring down. I think he's got good. pretty good vision. I think – Montgomery in the fifth round, I, I would da- I would dance a jig. All right, what about round six with Wyatt Ray from Boston College, who had an eleven and a half TFLs, nine sacks? I I think this when I saw this on your Vandermark, I was like, whoa, this good thinking. I, I just I'm of that mindset. You just can't have enough guys that can rush a quarterback, right? And I think he's a he's going to be even though I I think he played more of a four three defensive end in Boston College. I think he is a three four outside linebacker. Like he strikes me as a little bit. A little bit smaller, yeah. but a little bit more explosive. Peter Kalambayi. By the way, I think Peter's going to go inside. I think Peter. I think Peter going forward. He I think dabbled. He yeah, I know. I think he should be an inside linebacker. But I think Wyatt Ray as an outside linebacker would work uh, very, very well. I, I like. I, I think to that end, you can't have enough pass rushers. You can't have enough guys to go get the quarterback. You can't have enough guys that can cover. You can't have enough guys that can run. You can't have enough athletes. When was the so last time Boston College had two defensive players drafted? So Zach Allen, where is he going to go from I, BC? I think he's, I think he's second round. You know what's interesting? Watching Zach Allen, I swear to you, I was watching him about a week ago as I was doing the Harris 100. I was watching him, and I, I, I swear you could watch a particular play and put a Texans uniform on him and go, "That's JJ." Now what? he's not. He's not Watt all around. Like I don't think he's as athletic as Watt. I don't think he's got all those assets. But just his mannerisms, the Watt way he like. uses his hands, I was like, that's J.J. Oh, my gosh. So he's going to have a very similar-like transition. We'll see what team drafts him and how they want to use him. But Allen's a pretty good player. I think he ends up going in the second round. Johnny, it's the seventh round now in the Vandermark, and Trey Pipkins from the <laughs> University of <laughs> Sioux Falls is uh, coming to the Houston Texans. How did you? Come on. Drew, I do a lot of research on this, and I love the name Pipkins, although I wish he was a skill player. I like Pipkins the, with I a touchdown. In, I liked in your description from Montgomery that you get to call him Monty. Yeah. Is that, uh, Monty. Is that a World War II, or is that Colin Montgomery golfer? Is it I, yeah, both? it's a little is bit it? of everything. You okay. know, Monty to the goal line. You know, I, I've, you know, I look at the draft differently than most people. This is clear. Brian Gain yeah. doesn't really want to hear it, but this is how I view it, okay? What about Trey Pichani? You have anything to say about my <laughs> University of Sioux Falls player? He played at the East West Shrine game. Did a pretty good job from what what I read. It looks like he can run. He's six seven, a legit six seven. Now we'll see what at the combine. Sometimes those six seven guys turn into six five and a half pretty quickly. But six seven, long athlete. Take guy in the seventh round. I yeah. mean, what? Do you, what? Do you, especially a lineman. You're. Yeah. You don't expect him to start right mm-hmm. away or be a guy right away. But you got Derek Newton in what 2011, 2012, I always. What year did we get Derek Newton? Uh, 2012. 2012. Got him in the seventh round. He ended up being a good player for you, obviously, before. Wait, uh, was it 2011? Hang on a second. Looking it up. 
Boy, that's been a while, huh? It really I mean, has. That's been a while. Because he, remember, he started his career 2011. He started his career as the extra O-lineman. How many guys have done that and then they turn into something? So what? He hates Derek Newton. Good draft. Very good that's draft. Newton was, yeah, he was your jumbo guy in 11 on, you know, when you had a goal line situation, short yardage situation. He was always in on uh, field goal, you know, block units, yeah. So. All right, what's the tweet involving our guy Tyron Matthew today? All right, there was a tweet, I think, yesterday saying which athlete or which favorite football player Name could an you, athlete. Yeah, could you see that if you heard he or she killed him out line with bare hands wouldn't surprise you? And mm-hmm. I saw that. I pounced on it. I had three choices, so I I chose Texans. Mm-hmm. Shane Leckler, he's a mountain man. Yes. Brian Brayman, because he's a mountain man. Leckler literally. would use a yeah. buoy knife. No, Leckler could probably figure out a way and then he'd yeah, he'd he'd get it done. He's from East Bernard. He'd get it done. And Ben Jones. Ben Jones is oh, yeah. he's a hunter fisher. He would kill a line with his feet. Yes, yeah. On so. this current roster. Who would you say? Well, I, huge oversight because Tyron Matthew <laughs> tweeted today, um, Honey Badger. It's perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's a perfect tweet. Yeah, it's a it perfect, perfect tweet from the perfect guy who is a Honey Badger. So, yeah, that's so, that's awesome. So, the other night I was flipping through on my channel guide, and I wasn't looking at the, the, at the top of my uh, guide. It shows you what channel it is. So, I'm just going by. I'm just sliding by, and I get to a, a little block of programming. It says, Ultimate Honey Badger. And I was like, sweet, NFL Network did something on Honey Badger, and I went, it's literally the, <laughs> it was the uh, National Geographic channel that had an hour documentary on the Honey Badger. But I'd be into that. I, I want to see too. what the Honey those, Badger's capable Those animals of. are fearless. They're bulletproof tigers in their mind. It was, and it's so I mean, funny watching it because the exact football player I would think of is Tyron Matthew. Mm. You, I saw him fighting off these huge hyenas. Mm-hmm. And he was just snapping at him, and they eventually just ran off. And I was like, that's him. Think about week one. We saw him basically body slam Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> he body slammed Rob Gronkowski at the end of a play. That's incredible mm-hmm. at his size. All right, so speaking of the Texan safety position and Tyron Matthews, a free agent, how about Glover Quinn being released by the Detroit Lions, former Texan safety? Great Texan. He has 24 career interceptions. Jeez. 24. Kareem Jackson leads the franchise in history with is, 16. You look, I hate to like water under the bridge and that kind of thing, but yeah. this is the one that got away. He really, really. is. Because you, you, know, you let him go and you sign Ed Reed instead. So and, it was a double whammy there yeah. and and look when they signed Reed, put your hand up if you weren't excited be honest, honest here folks. i was thrilled i was thrilled and was i'm saying this to the listening yeah, audience yeah. i mean most of us were pretty excited about ed reed johnny's like be- <laughs> johnny's bleeding the well pit. no i i mean the the you problem you weren't I, expecting much no the problem was i he wasn't healthy and i worried about yeah. that at the, at the signing though did you know that I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I knew, I, I knew he wasn't. Helpful. I know there was something wrong, but it yeah, was like it was, it, was, it was going to be okay. Yeah, because I remember John's told you told the story many times when you first saw him at OTAs, and you're like, "Oh no!" Yeah, I saw him. Wait, at did OTAs. he do? I don't know. If, did he do anything at OTAs? No, no, yeah, not, on the side field. That's yeah, on the just, side field. So here's oh. so here's the story with that. When it was the very first day of training camp, and I happened to just look over there, and I saw him doing stuff, and I remember tweeting at that point, which I wouldn't do now, but I <laughs> I remember tweeting at the time. There's no way Ed Reed will be ready for week one. Yeah. And so Meltzer jumps in and is like, well, I saw him. You look fine. I'm like, nope. I'm telling you, it's not happening. I can look over there and I can see again. Like, it's not happening. And part of it was because as I saw him doing something, he was wincing. He had a walker. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> he, was, he was doing a drill. And I just saw him wincing. I was like, yeah, that's we, day one of good. training camp, hey, he's not going to be ready for week yeah, one. Yeah, you don't want to be wincing. <laughs> 
when you're on the side field trying to come back from injury. Yeah. All right, next up, I don't know if we want to lament on that situation, but I do want your opinion. Who is the most well-liked former Texans quarterback? Let's talk quarterbacks in general. It's been a big week for them, sort of, in the NFL. It's Texans Radio. Always fun talking quarterbacks on the program, any NFL show, any football show. It's fun. It's Texans Radio. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris, Drew Doherty with you in the Hyundai Texans Radio studio. Big day for a variety of reasons. Colin Kaepernick resolves his grievance with the National Football League, so I guess that's good news for everybody. Eric Reed as well. Justin's brother. We talked about Justin earlier in the show in a different context. I don't know if the report is true about Kaepernick being offered to, or wanting $20 million to play in that AAF. Is it the AAF? AAF. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've, it's As we funny, said, you I've can't heard... go double vowels at the beginning of an acronym. Can't I mean, do it. I know people have said, people have said, well, if it was all about football, then well, he would have been asking for that. Eh, kind maybe of he just didn't want to do that. I, I think the whole thing is probably a lot more nuanced than any of us Jamokes can actually speak to, to be honest. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm glad about this, though. I'm glad things are getting resolved and that we can move forward. All right, let's move forward with this. I've been teasing it all day, I guess. Who's the most well-liked former Texans quarterback? Former. T.J. Yates. It's not hard. Well, I brought up... The fact Maybe that Sage Case Keenum oh, yeah, is yeah, so yeah, yeah. well-liked here in Houston True. Yeah. because of the University of Houston. He's still the all-time leader in NCAA passing yards yep. because he played for eight years at the University of Houston. No, he didn't. It wasn't really eight, but he played a well, lot of years like there. It, it felt like a long time. It was a big tenure. Case is actually 40 years old. No, he's not. Where does Case end up, by the way? Because we brought it up last night, maybe even the night before. Did we all have ideas? Anybody? You know, if, anybody? He, if he's willing to be a backup wherever he wants— and if he doesn't want to be a backup, there's still probably three or four places at least where he can. He well, can is it on. a trade or do they release him? Because I know what they would have done here. You know, they got something for TJ Yates. They got something for Matt Schaub. Surely you get something for Case Keenum, yeah. even think, as a backup. You'd think. As a valuable backup. Mm-hmm. So there, there to me are two. I mean, just looking at backup quarterbacks throughout the league, I mean. There's got to be a spot for him. The guys this morning brought up Washington. He could start there. Absolutely. He could. In that system. Oh, yeah. I think Washington ends up being a prime spot. But here's the thing, and, th- and this is the one thing I would say about uh, – you know, I've, I've been thinking about all this. With rookie quarterbacks, and I know every rookie class ends up being different, but it seems to me that NFL teams are not drafting these quarterbacks to let them sit. Uh, yeah. The Chiefs' situation with Mahomes was a unique one because they had a Pro Bowl quarterback in Alex Smith, right? but they also knew they were coming to the end of the line with him, that going with Mahomes, it, w- it worked out for Kansas City. All five quarterbacks drafted in the first round last year. Let's go. Yep. And and not the last week of the year either. Sam well, Darnold started week one. Baker Mayfield a few weeks, maybe two or three weeks after that. Lamar Jackson, I think, was the latest of all of them to, to step into the lineup, and he ended up taking his team to the playoffs. So teams are getting rookie quarterbacks, drafting rookie quarterbacks, saying, let's go. It's a great point. And credit uh, go. Watson partially with some of that because he looked so good as a rookie. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you know what? Go ahead and throw these guys out there. They're capable of a lot Heck more yeah. than you might think. If he's up for being a backup and he's cut and wants to go where he wants, uh, San Francisco and Atlanta are nice systems where he might flourish. I don't know if they'd want to keep him. Because Atlanta has Schaub as the backup. Right. But I, I think Keenum's a big mm. upgrade over Schaub. Well, here's one for you. Kind of to that end about last year's What a thing draft you just picks. said, by the way, when yeah. you think of the history in this building. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Interesting. Greg Knapp's there. To that end, maybe Arizona because Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury would be a great has show. a history with Case Keenum. He knows Case. I don't know how much of what Cliff did he'll continue doing, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. And to have somebody there for Josh Rosen to 
help him along if he needs it when he needs it. Well, I mean, if I'm Case, I want to go there because I think Rosen might have some problems. Absolutely. So. Mm-hmm. Now, absolutely. I agree with Drew. Yates is the best-liked former Texans quarterback, right? I, I think as well-liked as Keenum is, what Yates did on the field here, you, he won a playoff game here. Yeah. You know? But is Keenum beloved because he was a University of Houston quarterback or a Texans quarterback? I think he was, he's beloved because he's a University of Houston quarterback who did some things for the Texans. Now, even during that horrific 2013 season. He was exciting. It was an exciting, yeah, he was exciting. pleasant memory just to see him give the team a spark, even though they lost. Yeah. The spark at Kansas City. Uh, the Colts game here was just a nightmare the way it turned out with Gary Kubiak at the half and the way the Colts came back yeah. in the second half. But the first half was as thrilled, I don't want to say as thrilled as I've ever seen the building, but it was a really thrilling first oh, half man. when he threw the three touchdown passes to Andre Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was awesome. And, yeah, those are the two. They, they're, I think it's 1A and 1B right there with those two, Yates and Keenum above yeah. all the rest. Maybe and it's too bad because the two franchise guys that you had before, Watson, David Carr, and Matt Schaub, mm-hmm. would not make that top three even is sage rosenfels more well liked than say even matt schaub and david carr to the texas so. fan base looking back probably so and the thing about it is though and you guys you guys know this because you knew both david and, and you knew matt if you if you sat down for if you sat out for at the bar with a drink with david carr and just sat and just talked football with him or just talked but you oh. would realize he's a fantastic guy but i think yeah. For David, unfortunately, the expectations were so darn high to be the number one overall pick, and it doesn't pan out. I think fans in Houston obviously were like, wait a second, you're the number one overall pick. You're supposed to be the guy for 15 years. And it didn't turn out that way. And I think from that perspective, it's probably a shame because David is as stand-up a guy as there actually is, and so so is Matt. And obviously Matt's continued to play. But I just think it's unfortunate because that's how they're going to end up being remembered for that because well Schaub didn't get us to a Super Bowl and David Carr flamed out and yet every single person out there would want to sit down with them and have have a beer with them or have dinner with them and realize these are great dudes like they would love them after that they both did a lot in the community they're mm-hmm. they're both outstanding people you're right and Schaub had it not been for that last year obviously uh had a very good resume here until the last year when things completely fell off the cliff yep. And I think that, well, obviously, if the last year were, went a lot better, maybe history completely changes and he's still here. Maybe Kubiak never gets fired. I don't know what happens. Yeah, but, it was such an odd – I mean, just the way it just cratered. I it, mean, it cratered. cratered. It cratered. It was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. 11-1, and one, and then from there on, it is – 11-1 and one in 2012, and then from there on, December – oh, my God. God, I mean, talk about finding the... finding ways to lose. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. how's it going to happen? Agonizing. Today? What's going to happen? Today? And unfortunately, that's that's what's that's the taste left in a lot of people's mouths, which is unfortunate because I've said this before. Yes, when when Matt was even even in 2012, I was not totally sold on Matt. But if I'm being honest, you look back at his career. Well, you could have done a whole heck of a lot worse with what he's able to do. I mean, oh nine and ten, he was as good as it got in the league. It, the, he was as good hor- as it got in the, the league. The horrifying thing was the end of twelve that they couldn't close the deal, get home field throughout. Did you guys read Dale Robertson's column about my ten worst memories of covering Houston sports? So he wrote that because <laughs> yeah. Dale Robertson's retiring from the Chronicle. The number one worst memory: the firings of Bum Phillips and Gary Kubiak. He put Kubiak in wow. with Bum, and Kubiak got fired in the twenty thirteen season. Mm-hmm. 
the morning after the Texans lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars with, what, three or four games to go in the season? Yeah, it was a Thursday nighter. Thursday nighter. It was really, really bad. He brought Schaub back into the game, and he brought Schaub back because I think – I think ownership wanted to see Keenum play, but Kubiak put Schaub in, according to him, because it was Schaub bearded Schaub too. It was bearded Schaub, and it was going around on Twitter that night. It was hashtag bearded Schaub, and bearded Schaub was able to get the protections straightened out more than Keenum because he had the experience, and Jacksonville was throwing st- stuff at Keenum that he couldn't deal with at the time. Uh, among the other worst memories for Dale Robertson, he talks about some Astros and comments thing. Kim Perot's cancer announcement. I mean, that's horrendous. <sighs> Uh, Bill's Oilers obviously makes the list. The Oilers moving to Nashville makes the list. But number eight in Dale's top ten worst memories of covering Houston sports, J.J. Watt's broken leg followed by Deshaun Watson's torn ACL. Now, I don't know if you can put those in the same paragraph here, the same line item. You can certainly put it in the top ten, though. Well, to me, those two events, though, they happened during the same season. Well, how about J.J. and Whitney on the same drive? Several plays apart was horrendous. It's interesting how the Texans have two spaces, places here in the top ten for Robertson's worst Houston sports memories. Dale's seen it all. I mean, he's... He would be fun for story time. He's coming on He's coming on uh, Texans 360, the TV show, this Wednesday, yeah. So nice! Yeah, is he really? He sure is. Yeah, we can't wait. He would have come on this week, but he's in, he was in Napa doing his other job. Doing wine things. Doing wine stuff. Yeah. And I was like, At wait, Sporty wine guy. you chose Napa over me? And I was like, well, I would have chosen Napa over me, too. <laughs> yeah. So. Like go on, Dale. There you go. He, I, I bet sport story time. We talk about that with McLean a lot. Stories, like yeah. just to hear McLean's stories, I would just sit and take them all in. But to hear some of Dale's stories, obviously, with what he had going on with Dan Pastorini and what happened when they were when he was covering the team many years ago, that's a that's a famous one. But man, I, I still I go back to when Deshaun tore the ACL. I remembered I remembered seeing it in Seattle. And I thought that we had escaped it. I thought we had escaped it because I saw it happen. I saw him reach for his leg, and I just went. And he does. You, you guys have seen that he does that thing where he'll when he gets you know sacked, yes. he'll I'm, like pull his socks oh, up. I'm glad you know, you he'll do that. that. He pull, I panic well, every isn't time. Isn't he taking the, the the uniform pants and pulling them what over the knee or, or he's do he's, he's pulling up his them socks. He's, he's getting his socks like just right, you're right Johnny. I, I hate that habit because every time he bends oh, over to do that, I'm like I, he did it again. But this time in Seattle though. He actually, I could see him like reach for his leg, and I just, I was like, no, but he no, kept playing. no, and then he, he kept playing, and I thought, well, maybe we played through point. it, threw some more touchdowns, and what happened to him in Seattle? When when you oh. look at that moment where the knee kind of hyperextends or whatever happened to it, it looks like nothing compared to some of the hits he took this year. Oh my gosh! You know, he took some vicious that hits. Cowboys this game, year especially, yeah, and kept playing, so that's good. All right, to oh. review, I just wanted to get your guys' take on this. In the Vandermock at HoustonTexans.com, you can tell I'm teasing it a lot. In the first four picks, I have corner, tackle, corner, and then I went wide receiver with my surprise pick in the first four picks. If you had to pick a position, maybe in Johnny's case a player, I'm not sure if you have one, Drew, but a position of upset in the first three or four picks, what would it be? Because we all assume the first three picks are some combination of corner and tackle. Unless you're assuming something else, that's what I think the consensus is. What do you think here? What's the upset pick as far as position group? Uh, upset pick, I would say quarterback or safety. Okay. Quarterback? Yes. 
That would be a tremendous up. But That's no, what I'm saying. But most likely, most likely, <laughs> most pick. likely upset. Yes, give me one that you think. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, like, so. it, no. In other words, you're going to pick the upset. Changing. What's the upset? Okay. Oh, not like right. a 16 is going to beat a one. Gotcha, Wait a minute, gotcha, that gotcha, happened. Gotcha, gotcha. That did happen finally. Yes. I can see the Texans taking a running back in the like the with the fourth, but I don't think that's a huge upset. The fourth pick in round three, Johnny. Yeah, I think so too. That's Drew and I have talked about that. A running back wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, just. I think in large part because this group of running backs is really diverse. It's a really diverse group of running backs, and they do a lot of different things that I could absolutely see in them with that fourth pick in the one in the third round. I could see them going running back. I wouldn't be shocked at all. I agree because, to me, the running back position, the running game, the way it's stalled out late in the yep. year, it's not just because of the running back talent here. It's, it's a lot of different things. I mean, they have Lamar Miller. He went to the Pro Bowl. I know he's not Barry Sanders, but... He had his best season as a Texan. I mean, it's an ensemble effort. We all know that. But you want more talent at that position. You don't know what's going to happen with Deontay Foreman going into his third third year. But he's barely played. Just look at the teams that that got to the AFC-NFC championship game. I mean, the Chiefs, yes, Damian Williams did take a lot of that, but it was Damian Williams and Sharkandrick West. Uh, They did a lot together. You had the Saints with Kamara and Ingram. You had the Rams with Gurley and C.J. Anderson. The Patriots throw how many different running backs at you? Yeah, options are nice. Yeah, options I mean, are really nice. And they didn't have many. Yeah, season. and if you you know, last year the New England Patriots won the first round with Sony Michelle, and in that championship game, he has the first probably twenty to twenty five carries. I mean, he's carrying the ball a lot. But then at the end of the game, what they do? They went to Rex Burkhead. So they right. had options in that same game in the Super Bowl two years ago. Here, James White caught everything thrown to him. In the Super Bowl against the Rams, James White hardly played. So they can just mix and match. And I, I like doing that with my running Gosh, backs. you got to remember the first couple years of Arians when he was really exploding, 10 and 11. He shared the ball quite a bit with Derek Ward and then with Ben Tate. Damn. I mean, Lamar Miller got the lion's share of the carries this year. And yeah. only reason Alfred Blue got him was because Lamar was hurt. You didn't see much from Deontay Foreman other than those two games. So, yeah, I, I think it was, it was kind of an atypical year when you look at running back carry distribution for the Texans they would like to spread the wealth out a little bit more mm-hmm. I mean my pick would be receiver because we've talked yeah, about this yeah I think this. that's fine because you've, you've lost Demarius Thomas you've got youth and you've had injuries with Fuller and QT I think that's fine to that's a that's a fine pick the only reason I don't I mean I agree with you I think I think there's some sort of offensive weapon coming in that the only thing that I worry about is just the youth in the room the youth that's already there and then you're putting more youth yeah. that's why I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they brought in some some veteran that could come in and could help, whether the veteran knows the system or not, a veteran that just comes in during the free agency period and has that full off season to work with Deshaun and work with the team. I wouldn't be surprised that way because there's a lot of youth in that room still. I mean, yes, DeAndre Hopkins is in there and Will's in there, but the thought is if you're bringing in a receiver, it's because you don't totally believe that Will's ready to go. So at that point, beyond Will, you've got Kiki going into his second year, Vincent Smith's second year, Jester Wee's second year. You're better off because it's their second year, but you still have no veteran presence in that room for the most part. So now I think, I think that's where you go with that. And then maybe in round six or seven, maybe you look for the best athlete available at, at wide receiver. But All right, one more thing on the way out here. The guys this morning spent a long time talking about all this conjecture about, oh, should the Texans go after Antonio Brown and or Le'Veon Bell? And I liken this to one of those Hall of Fame debates where is a player a Hall of Famer or not, and your instant gut reaction is very often the right one. You know, you say a name, it's like Jason Witten, yes, you know, that kind of thing. Tony Romo, no. 
Uh, I don't know why I just brought up two Cowboys who became announcers, but it just came into my brain that way. So Antonio Brown and or Le'Veon Bell coming to the Texans, my gut reaction is, no, are you kidding? I don't know how you guys feel about it. Immediately, no. Yeah. yeah. I mean, immediately. Because no. you got you got bigger needs elsewhere, and I think you could, if you improve those needs, you're, the stuff you have in place is going to really flourish. I think Brown could be a real problem for a team. Just saying. Well, and here's Bell, th- I mean, they're both extremely great. Don't I mean, get me wrong. Here's yeah. the thing. You you know, the Browns sort of bailed the Texans out of taking a big cap hit with Brock Osweiler a few years ago. The Steelers are sitting on top of, no matter what happens, no worse than a $19 million dead cap hit with Antonio Brown if they get rid of him, trade him, release him, whatever. No team is taking a $19 million dead cap hit. No one. So they're just going to hang on to him and see what happens? I guess. It'd be the largest dead cap number in history. On a single player, yes. On a single player. There's, mm-hmm. I, I just can't see them doing that. I mean, they let, they let Le'Veon Bell sit all year. Yeah, they did, and they're willing to not blink. You know, they'll just sit there and and take their medicine. I don't know though. See, Big Ben is a common denominator here, and I got a feeling he's kind of hard to work and play with. He's really good though, so they'll tolerate that. I mean, without Big Ben, one of the Pittsburgh Steelers, they feel like they can make another run or two with him. So let it fly. But it's it's really strange to me how you got these two. I mean, two of the very best at their positions, and they're unhappy. They got to go. They're not willing to play. I mean, it's, what is going on here? How about this for the – this is most random. But what if Pittsburgh drafted Kyler Murray? Ooh, that is random, Johnny. Hmm. He's going to sit. Maybe. You know, Roethlisberger might have made a deal with Beelzebub, but he's going to play till the end of time. I don't know. Is that a good reference? Does anybody know who Beelzebub is? I don't know. I'm not sure. All right, Drew, we got Texans 360 tomorrow night. Who's on? It's going to be a fun one. We've got Wade Smith. Wade gonna Smith. Go over. We're, we're fixing the O-line. We're fixing the pass protection. He's got some good ideas, oh, good. good thoughts on it, and uh, it'll be great. Wait, is he going to play? He's not going to play, <laughs> but he sure was a good one. Pro Bowl in 2012, yeah. he really came in and helped uh, – like kind of was like the last one of those last good pieces on that line. Yeah, kind of stabilized things. Well, you so. know what the um, great thing about him is he played every position on the yeah. line. So when yeah. he analyzes the line, he knows what he's talking about as a center, guard, tackle. So he's done it all. And check out Johnny stuff, HoustonTexans.com. We'll be back on Monday with a program on President's Day. Thanks so much for listening, Texans 360. By the way, Saturday night, eleven o'clock. ABC 13. Check it out with Drew and Wade Smith. Have a great weekend and go Texans.